right, so let's move into hour number three. I would love to hear from you clones. You know where to find me, 1-800-636-8686, or you can hit me up on the X platform at Jim Rome. You can email me at romeromey at habitate.com. All right, so I've got some topics out there for you already to respond to. If you need something else, go ahead, hit me up right now. I talked yesterday about what I considered a gift to team content from one of the all-time great team content head coaches. One of the all-time great head coaches, period. But especially when it comes to great sound bites and a little bit of controversy, or a lot. Of course, I'm talking about Rick Patino. Polarizing figure. Great coach. Controversial. And I'm still talking about his rant for the ages. You know, the one where he absolutely destroyed his own team publicly, in broad daylight, in front of hot mics, with cameras rolling, name-dropping all the while. I mean, frankly, to me, it was a jaw-dropping performance, even from a legend like that. Because this dude, and can I digress for one minute? Let me reset this before you say, yeah, Rome, we know you're enamored with Rick Pitino. I do like Rick. I've always liked Rick. Haven't always liked what he said and done, but I've always liked the guy. And I've always respected the coach, both in the pros and in the college ranks. Now, back to the rant. He didn't just call his team out. He annihilated his own team. He decimated his own team. Like I said yesterday, he didn't just run them under the bus. He climbed onto the bus, ran the bus driver out the window climbed into and settled into the driver's seat, popped it in reverse, and backed over everybody. Repeatedly. If you don't believe me, or if you missed it, or even if you heard it, personally, Alvin, I need to hear it again. I think they're unathletic. I don't think they move well laterally. I don't think they're going to pick it up in the next week. Um, I think they're slow laterally. I mean, Sean Conway gives you everything he can. He's slow laterally. About five guys are slow laterally. Even, even the Celtics, when we lost, I've enjoyed every minute being a Boston Celtic coach. Didn't like the fact that we lost in that following year, but this has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. Do you have any second thoughts of taking this job? No, not at all. It's not St. John's. It's my team. Oh, no, it's not the program. It's not the school. It's my guys. They suck. It's my players. I mean, that line, never mind the rant. The line alone is an all-timer. Quote, this has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. Incredible. Because talking about that, that in and of itself, that, that right there is a first ballot Hall of Fame quote. Hell, never mind first ballot Hall of Fame quote. Give that guy his own wing in the Hall of Fame of quotations for that. This has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. This has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching? That is a wild statement. A wild statement. Considering the fact that this dude got run out of Louisville amidst two massive scandals, one of which involved escorts and teenage recruits. It got so bad... He didn't just lose his gig. He had to vacate a natty. 
Yet this is more unenjoyable than vacating a natty over escorts and teenage recruits? He's still the only Division I men's basketball coach, head coach, to ever have a natty ripped. And yet, despite all of that, this season, this experience, coaching this St. John's team is the most unenjoyable experience that he's ever had in coaching. Man, that's an incredible statement. You all know I've always liked this dude, and I still do, because he's a legendary coach. I've always enjoyed talking to Rick. He was in the horse racing game. I think probably still is. The same time we were, so we connected that way. He's always been incredible for team content. But right now, it seems pretty toxic for Team St. John's. But aces for team content. I've always liked the dude. And I think I like him even more after he made those statements and then chased them with the following. Yes, there is an update. There is more. He's not hoping it'll go away. He was there again yesterday, front and center, addressing it. Because here's the thing. If you're going to go viral nationally and absolutely blow up over some really over-the-top comments, which he did, there's really only one thing to do after that. And if you think I'm talking about him apologizing, owning it, walking it back, and saying that it was just a heat-of-the-moment thing, and he'll never let it happen ever again, and that it was unfair to his players and his coaches who are giving him everything they have. If that's what you're expecting, then you don't know my dude Rick Pitino. If you were expecting that or any of that, you were way off. You were so, so wrong. Ah. Apologize? Back down? Please. Please. Hell no. We're not backing down. We're doubling down. And we're doubling down so hard that we're trying to one-up the original comments. In other words... Rick Patino would like to apologize for absolutely nothing. Take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f- he wants. The St. John's head coach does what the bleep he wants. All right, so I played the initial comments, right, that I like so much. Here's what he had to say yesterday when asked about it. He told Newsday, quote, he truly wasn't ripping anybody. Quote, Truly wasn't ripping anybody. Technically, he's right. Technically, he wasn't ripping anybody. He was ripping everybody. But I guess to his point, ripping really isn't the right word. You know, I guess it depends on what your definition of ripping is. He clearly defines it differently. He didn't rip anybody, but he did eviscerate everybody. He didn't rip one person. He vaporized everybody. About five guys of slow laterally. Okay, that that even would have been bad enough. I've got five guys that are slow laterally. But remember, he name-checked dudes and then turned around and actually said, I wasn't ripping anybody. I mean, Sean Conway gives you everything he can. He's slow laterally. Sean might have a different opinion, coach. Amazing. I guess those dudes who can't move laterally should just be happy that he's not ripping anybody. 
Because clearly, they don't want to be around when he starts to tear buttholes open. Butthole. 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 When he starts ripping you a new one, then you'll know. But prior to that, he didn't rip anybody. But when he rips you a new one, then you'll know. You imagine if that's Rick Pitino not ripping anybody? Imagine Rick Pitino when he actually starts chewing asses. But that wasn't all he said in that double down. He also made this incredible declaration, which I love. Given a chance to, quote, clarify anything he said or walk anything back, he said very succinctly and pointedly, quote, I'm fine with what I said, end of quote. That's how you do it right there, champ. That's how you do it right there. That's how you clap back at the haters. That's how you cut through all the crap and all the noise out there. You just say, well, I'm fine with all of it. I'm fine with all of it. And, and you don't go mumbo, jumbo, word salad, just straight up. I'm fine with all of it. I'm fine with what I said. Want me to say it again? Do you need me to repeat it? I'm fine with all of it. Just say you're fine with it. Just say, y'all are wrong, I'm right, it's not me, it's all of you. Like, like, hey, Rick, you had a night to sleep on it, man. We know you run pretty hot. We know you hate losing. We know you had high expectations. We know you didn't mean that. We know you love your guys. We know you care about your guys. We know at this point in your life you have perspective and winning and losing is not the end-all, end-all. So... We're going to give you an opportunity. Would you like to walk that back? Nah, I'm good. I'm fine with what I said. Do you need me to clarify what I said? I'm fine with what I said. Now I'm good. But you, you on the other hand, you over there asking me the question. You can walk to the end of the earth and jump. Because I didn't do anything wrong. If you have a problem with what I said, you actually have more of a problem with yourself, not me. Probably because you're a media hack who doesn't think fast enough, write fast enough, or creatively enough, and your laptop is bleepy. Nah, dude, I'm good. I'm more than good. I'm good with everything I said. I mean, seriously, that that double down is almost as hilarious as the initial comments. And look, I hate going in on this guy because I do like this guy. But he's begging for it. He just trashed his team by name, called out the facilities, called out it as the most miserable time of his whole life, and then came back the next day and acted like, the hell are you all still doing here? The hell are you all still doing here? The hell do you keep asking me what I said? I said nothing. I did nothing. I didn't rip anybody. Stop putting words in my mouth. Stop lifting crap out of context. Stop trying to hook me. How did any of you get those media jobs anyway? My man acted like he was actually just talking about the most rewarding year of his career. And that he loves every one of those players more than his own children. (laughs) You know, it seems to me, you know what this is all about, really? The simple explanation for all of this is, my dude still hates losing that much. He just can't handle losing at all. He's not used to it. He hates it. It's not what he was expecting this year. And clearly, he's just miserable because of it. I mean, listen to him. No, I I don't feel good when we lose. I hate the world. 
So just so you understand that. No, I don't feel good. I've never felt good with a loss. Pardon my language. So I don't feel good. I don't believe in those um, valiant efforts on the road. No, I feel like I want to kill myself, jump in the, in the cold, and, and die of frostbite. He didn't laugh when he said that. He said, when we lose, I want to kill myself. And you can hear some of the media like, <laughs> good one, Rick. <laughs> he, he didn't laugh. Not only did he not laugh, he described exactly how he would do it. Not, you know what, I'm going to go into the medicine cabinet, get a handful of pills, and lie down. No, man, I'm going to find the coldest body of water I can and die of frostbite. I hate it. I'm miserable. Anyway, clearly he's not having the time of his life at St. John's. And that's probably not great for St. John's. And I would imagine all those players and coaches that he just ripped. I can't imagine that they're going to be in any hurry to come back to practice. But it's amazing for team content. Just not really good for personal accountability for a head coach. It's not good for that. But it is amazing entertainment. Once again, having said all that, and I know there's a lot in that, I'm going to have his back. I don't support him owning none of it. I want to be so clear about that. Like, Rick, how is it on everybody except you? Those assistant coaches that you're unhappy about because of the recruits they brought in, you picked them, you accepted them, and you accepted the players. And the facilities, you know what you signed up. You know what you signed up for. How is none of it your fault? But then again, so, so I'm clear on that. Now that I've gotten that out of the way, I'm going to have his back. My priority is not the future of the St. John's basketball team. My priority is the future of team content. And that legendary rant and double down is team content gold. So if any of you clones have any issue with that or anything else I've said in this rant or anything else I've ever said, I've got six really important words for you. Let me repeat that. If you have any issue with anything I have ever said, I have six really important words for you. Quote, write this down. I'm fine with what I said. This has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. Even, even, ever, even I've never gone that far. I've had some pretty unenjoyable experiences behind this mic. And mostly because of some of you clones. But even I've never gone that far. Even I've never said, you know what, man? I've done this 40 years almost. Like I want to kill myself. Like if I read one more email or ex post from insert whomever, I'm going to want to kill myself. I f***ing hate the world. Or if I see one more thing from insert this clone, I hate the world. Jump in the the cold and, and die of frostbite. This is the most unenjoyable experience of my whole radio career. I've never even gone that far. Because you know what? You know why? And much like Rick, you know why? There's always another game. There's always another show. There's always another day. The sun will come up. Like, but that's the difference between he and I. I want it pretty badly, but clearly not as badly as he does. But I think I am going to rip a page from his book. From now on, dudes on the other side of the glass, it's all on you. Starting with you, savage. If something bad happens around here, it's you, dude. Your lack of lateral movement. You call you call yourself a killer? USOB? You call yourself a, a an assassin? 
Your, your lateral movement sucks. You're unathletic. You're not talented. And your lateral movement is horrible. You see this watch? You call yourself an assassin, you SOB? You call yourself a salesman, you son of a bitch? All right, then. There's that. That's the Rick Pitino update. I, I'd love to say that we're done with that, but I hope somebody else asks him a question. We'll never be done. That's the beauty of it. Hey, Rome, what I really respect about Rick Pitino is that he lives by the sword, dies by the sword kind of guy. Alvin, you don't see what that guy is attempting to do or you're not humoring him or you're not listening to the show. Hey, Rome, what I really respect about Rick Pitino is that he lives by the sword, dies by the sword kind of guy. What the Johnnies lack in lateral movement, Rick more than makes up for in horizontal movement. Notice I'm not making any of those jokes. I'm just talking about the take, the rant, what he said. I'm not turning this thing into a bread, a breadstick joke, a horizontal movement joke. Jerome, I'm not saying rigor mortis is fully set in yet, but a dude has a rigatoni contraceptive joke. Italian restaurant. I'm just talking about a head coach of a basketball team who's really unhappy. And he's taking it out on his team. And he's had time to think about it, and he's doubling down. It's not St. John's. It's my team. Hey, Van Sizzle. War Rick Pitino for not bowing to the hot takers. My man compromises on nothing. Especially when it comes to crushing his team, enjoying tortellini, and tapping strange. Also, that's not where I was going. You know what? They're like, there are certain words. This is interesting. Hey, Tommy, check this. There are certain words that you cannot use. There are certain words that as clones you should not use. As it relates to certain things. You follow me? You follow me, cameraman? Are you following Tapping me, camera strange guy? is not a phrase you should use as it relates to St. John's basketball. That's not what we're doing. We're talking about lateral movement, lack of athleticism, lack of quickness, lack of strength, and choking away leads. Anyway, I I did my best to handle that as responsibly as I could, and yet you've proven once again that you can't. 1-800-636-8686. We talked about the Dodgers. I may get to the Angels. You check out Anthony Rendon's act yesterday. My man doesn't seem to love baseball. I don't want to go as far as saying he hates baseball, but he really doesn't love the game, and he might hate the game. He likes the job, or I'm not even sure he likes the job. He knows he has a job to do, but it is a job. The problem is, the problem is, he treats his job like the way a lot of people listening treat their jobs. Monday to Friday, Nine to five, never bring it home, living for the weekend. That's kind of the way he makes it sound. Except he's a major leaguer working under a $245 million contract. That's the difference. 
He's punching a very different clock. So I may get there too. Let's break. Yeah. Got a brand new sponsor. Got a brand new partner on the program. I'm so pumped. I'm already using the product and loving it. Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. With over 3 million members, it is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. I'm going to be straight up with you. I didn't play daily fantasy sports until Prize Picks. Now I do. Unlike other apps, on Prize Picks, it is just you against the numbers. No sharks or competitive leagues. All you do is pick more or less. That's it. More or less on two to six player staff projections. And then watch the winnings roll in. You can now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. In other words, turn 10 bucks into a gur, 10 bucks into a thousand. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, an enormous selection of players, sports, and stat types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. I'm already playing. I played the All-Star game over the weekend. I played MMA. I already made my picks. Download the prize picks app right now. Use my code Rome, R-O-M-E. They will give you a first deposit match of up to $100. You have to use my code Rome, R-O-M-E. This thing is blowing up. It's enormous. Prize picks. Prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Must be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for restrictions and details. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. This year, Dell Technologies wants to help you do amazing things with their best tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Save right now at dell.com slash deals. Check that out. All right, let's go to the phones. We go to Pomona. Anthony is in. Anthony, what's up? Hey, Romy. Um, I do have a take on the Dodgers and Dave Roberts. Look, I'm a Dave Roberts hater over here. He's a great manager, and, you know, he can only do what he can. Those guys still go out there, and they're the ones swinging the bat. But if he don't win this year, he's going to get canned. And I'll tell you another thing. If the Dodgers don't win four out of the next ten years, because they got that guy for ten years, if they don't win four, it's a bust. You can't sign a generational talent like that and not expect to win every year, especially when your team's already as it is, Freeman, Bess, you know, it's just name after name. It's just like when the, when the Warriors signed that 50 from uh, Oklahoma City, hey, they won two in four years, and if they wouldn't have won those two, it would have been a complete bust. You know, unworn fat chicks with dirty necks and unworn bald men wearing toupees. Stop lying to people. Mm. All right, Anthony. So Anthony made a couple of points. Anthony's point, first point was, Dave Roberts is a great manager, but he better win it all this year. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and say that Dave Roberts should be guaranteed a lifetime contract. 
I'm not even going to sit here and say that given the offseason they had, given the amount of money that they committed, short of them having real injury issues, that if they came up short again, that might be his last shot. I understand that. I mean, look around you. Like, I'm not saying this is an apples-to-apples argument, but look at the Brooklyn Nets just fired Jock Vaughn. Jock Vaughn was like a brilliant hire like five minutes ago. There's less and less patience everywhere. And Dave Roberts, you might try and argue with, yeah, Rome, he's good enough to win the division every single year, but he's not good enough to get them over the hump. Let's find out. He has gotten them over the hump. They have won a world championship. He was the manager of the year. He's the sixth winningest manager in the history of the game. He's won a hell of a lot of games. But when they win, he never gets credit. When they lose, it's all his fault. I got a problem with that. But before you fire him for what may or may not happen this year, why don't we see what happens this year? How about that? In terms of they better win four because they've got Shohei for 10. I don't know. Maybe you win one first. If you want to make an argument about, okay, so how do you justify that signing? What has to happen for them to justify that signing? How many times do they have to win to justify that signing? I don't know that you can quantify that. They better win one. I'll give you that. Because he's not going to be effective for 10 years. You better win one. And once they win that first one, then there'll be that take of, you better win another one. I don't know. The Angels seemed, I don't want to say they were happy about it, but they were able to monetize it. There's certain value to getting the best player who ever lived and getting him in this market without having to win eight rings in 10 years to justify it. They're the L.A. bleeping Dodgers. And Shohei is a cash cow. There are so many different ways to monetize that guy and pay for that guy. And by the way, it's not just Shohei. They've taken enormous swings. Oh, and one more thing. They're only paying him $2 million a year. They got him basically for free. So it doesn't even matter. By the way, the ownership group, the ownership group that is paying him $2 million a year, when all that deferred money comes, they probably won't be around anyway. Somebody else will probably own the team by then, and they'll be on the hook for it. So I don't want to hear about, hey, man, you know how much we got to pay that guy? Two mil. If you want to argue, yes, but he's the best player ever. Yeah, the best player ever coming off surgery. So we'll see. He's not going to pitch this year. We know that. But, but, if he can swing the bat, if he can pick up the bat, and we've already seen him swing the bat, looking pretty damn good. Swing the bat. He's going to change the rest of the lineup, and he's going to take some pressure off of Mookie Betts come playoff time. Also, one thing I didn't get into with Dave Roberts, and by the way, stop making Doc, Doc Roberts out to be Doc Rivers. Stop doing that, too. Clowns. Also, you've got yourself a new double play combination up the middle. If championships are still won up the middle, 
or that's still an important thing, you've got yourself a new double play combination because Mookie's coming back to second base. Gavin Lux is coming back to shortstop after recovering from that ACL. They're going to be really interesting. I just I love Dave Roberts for so many reasons, but I just love the way that even with all that pressure, he carries himself in such a positive, upbeat way. In a world that's getting less and less upbeat and less and less positive, I find myself gravitating towards positive people. This is why I'm enamored with Dave Roberts. And don't confuse his positivity for a lack of competitiveness. Believe me, that guy wants to win badly. I will always defend him. And then, and then, if I feel like they've gone as far as they can go with him, I absolutely will advocate for a change. But I don't think they have. I think the guy still is effective. And no, I don't think he pushes all the wrong buttons and has never done, quote, one thing to win one game. Hot take much? Hey, Rome. Name one thing that guy has ever done to win one game. He's Cyclops. He is the sixth winningest manager ever by percentage. He's probably done one thing to win one game numerous times. Anybody else? All right, so when we return. I've covered some of the bigger topics of the day. Kind of want to talk about a guy who's going back to school to play a sport with his kids. Think about that for a minute. How old are you? Are you in your 40s? Are you in your 50s? Late 30s? If you could go back to college, would you? If you could go back to college and play a sport with your kids, would you? Like, I'll give you an example. LeBron, waiting on Bronny. He's made it so clear. I want to play with my son. I want to play with my son. Never mind that Bronny, nothing against Bronny. Never mind that he doesn't start for a bad USC team. But LeBron wants to play with him next year with the Lakers, allegedly. That aside, if you could go back to college, it'd be like me. If I could go to a small school and play baseball with Jake and Logan, wouldn't I do that? Hell yes, I would. Well, I found a guy who is. That story, maybe, when we come back. Here is the sports update for you. Here it Welcome back. I'm still here to educate. My work is never done. Look at this guy. Come on, Rome. Generally, when a submission starts with, come on, Rome, and it's not from James, I I know I'm going to have to straighten somebody out because they come in there so aggressively. Come on, Rome. Does anybody really think Otani is only making two mil a year? Or do they believe what most of us are thinking and L.A. is paying him under the table? 
You know, like Brady did to circumvent the cap. Come on. Tom in Colorado Springs. Come on. Tom, why would they have to pay them under the table to circumvent the cap? What are you talking about, dude? It's deferred money. He agreed to it. He wanted it. You know why he wanted it, Tom? So they could use other money that would have gone to him to sign other players so they could win. It's deferred money. It's not hidden. It's not under the table. We know exactly where it is. He doesn't start to actually make any of that big salary until 2034. Do you know why that is, dude? He's on a 10-year, $700 million deal. He's making $2 million per year until 2034. And do you know why that is? Aside from he wants them to have other money to spend on other players. Because the guy makes like $50 million a year in endorsements. He can go on $2 million a year salary. He could play for free. He could pay them $2 million to let him wear that uniform. What do you, did you, come on, Rome, do you, do you really think? No, yeah, I do really think, dude. I do actually really think. No, no, you said, quote, making only $2 million a year. I didn't say that. They're paying him $2 million a year. He's making well over $50 million a year, I'm sure, for all the other ancillary things and endorsements. Why do you got to try to make everything a thing? Hey, at Jim Rome, what justifies this signing of Otani is more eyes, clicks, and views on the Dodgers. Part of it. Part of it. But they still have to win. Look, Otani just spent six years losing. Otani wants to win. Believe me, he's not going there for the social media. And they're not signing him just for the clicks. They all know. The Dodgers, arguably the best team in baseball over the past decade, and have only one ring to show for it. They know that. They don't want that rap. They want to win badly. Shohei wants to win badly. You know, if Shohei, if winning wasn't the thing, there were so many misperceptions, I think, about Shohei. You know, one, the one that Dave Roberts said, like, don't mention it. Do not mention any terms of this discussion or you're out. That wasn't true. The other misperception about Shohei was, you know what? That guy's going to want to go to a smaller market. He's going to want to go where the brights aren't so light, where he can do his own thing, be his own guy, and there won't be as much pressure. Came to L.A.? All eyes on him. I'm going to argue that there are tougher media markets than L.A., but if the guy wanted to hide out somewhere, he could have gone somewhere smaller than L.A. to hide out. You know what? He could have stayed in Anaheim. They want to win, which is why they put seven years and 700 mil on the table. Shohei wants to win, which is why he deferred all that money. They want to win. And it's not cheating either. It's all on the up and up. Ask Bobby Bonilla, who gets paid a million dollars every single year and hasn't picked up a bat in decades. Anybody else? Can anybody else make it better and not make it worse? 
That's my question. Hey, I hate to say I told you so, but not really. I actually don't mind at all. So I'm going to do the right thing and do it right now. I got some thoughts on the Nick Tater. Because for years, Nick Saban, I mean the GOAT, the GOAT, but he made us listen to all this kooky nonsense about rat poison. Always whining about the rat poison. Because rat poison. that rat was old red ass's biggest problem in Alabama. All the positive press. All the damn praise. Because Saban wanted us to think that, I don't know, maybe he's like LeBron. I don't, I don't even think that's the case. I think that what his thing is, I can handle it. I'm an adult. Come at me. But I don't want my players thinking they're all that. They can't handle the praise. Praise is nice, but they can't handle it. And then all of a sudden, they'll forget about the process, and then they won't prepare, and then we got a real problem. So that's why he constantly was talking about rat poison. It's rat poison. Don't listen to it. Don't read it. The media, man, they're nothing but rat poison. They're filling your head full of crap. They're blowing you up. They're gassing you up. Don't do it. One problem. Nick is now media. He's crossed the line. He plays for the other team. He's in the media. As soon as I saw that he took that job on college game day, I immediately called that out. This dude became the thing he hated. Rat poison. The dude just became everything that he spent the last decade and a half rallying against, railing against. We had to listen to this guy rant and rave, whine and complain for years and years and years and years about how rat poison was toxic for the program. And the media fawning all over his program was a bad thing. So, of course, it would only take him a few months to become what he hates so much, rat poison. We're already well on our way. I knew immediately that he was never going to say a bad word on TV about the Tide, let alone pick against the Tide, because this dude's about to become the number one Bama smoke blower on TV, a.k.a. the number one source of rat poison. And not only was I all over it, I even workshopped, workshopped that theory with one of his favorite players ever during Super Week at the Bellagio. This was Will Anderson's response to what I think was a very good point that I made about his old coach, who you know he loves, becoming the very thing that the coach he loves hates most of all. Listen. If he is now the media, is he not the rat poison himself now? Ah, are you, okay, okay, okay. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. <laughs> I, I see what you did. I like it. I like it. I like it. He is the rat poison now that I have to go about it. Because right? he's going to go with Bama every time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. That, that's the point. See? Will, Will's like, oh, I see what you did there. You're right. He is the rat poison. Because he's going to pick Bama every time. Exactly. Last night, we also have Saban's own words to confirm it. He's not really been in the media all that much since his retirement, but last night he stepped to a podium at an event that he was holding in Birmingham, and of course, he was asked if he will ever pick against Bama, and of course, his answer went exactly the way that I thought that it would. You know, I've tried to steer away from picking people. I think I'm going to have to do that now, but um, I don't know that you always have to pick the team you think is going to win. You know, you're, you're allowed to have a spiritual feeling about who you like and who you want to win. So um, I think it'll be a lot of fun, though. Oh, no, I don't think that's how that is, Nick. I don't think they're, they're paying you all that money to sit at the desk and ask you 
who do you think is going to win? And have you say, well, I'm going to say who I want to win. Because I've got a spiritual feeling about spiritual these folks. Spiritual feeling about. They're not paying for your spiritual feelings, coach. They're paying for your goat logic. They're paying for your genius. They're paying for you to be real, not spiritual. Spiritual. Then again, I mean, who doesn't get? Of course, I understand this. What that guy's going to roll into Tuscaloosa and ever, ever, ever pick against Bama? Right. Never. So, therefore, he's rat poison because he's going to hype them up and praise them and see how great they are and how wonderful they are. This guy has become what he hates. But then again, to be real, and I'm not taking away from the fact that he's the best college coach ever. He is that. But are we really surprised that it took him five minutes to become what he's hated for the last 15 years when he was the one who said that he would never be the Bama coach to begin with? Even Will, I think, would say, I see what you did there, too. I think I've said this over and over and over again. Of course he became rat poison, the thing he hated most. He said he would never go there in the first place. I'm not going to be the Alabama coach. This year, Dell Technologies wants to help you do amazing things with their best tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XP S13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Save right now at dell.com slash deals. So I give you two great interviews, Bill Self and Nate Roberts, and you find reasons to try to dog either or both of them. Go figure. Have a great day. See you tomorrow. We're out.